our Lord Jesus, amen. Reading from John chapter 1. The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove. It remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I've seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. The sign in the tattoo parlor read, Think Before You Ink. How many people have gone to tattoo parlors, gotten a tattoo of their first girlfriend, and uh, many years later decided, hmm, maybe not such a good idea. It's becoming a trend, actually, to remove tattoos, and from what I hear, it can be a little bit of a process. It can be done, but it can take up to 12 sessions, each session uh, costing between $100 and $400. Now imagine for a moment, for the purposes of our message tonight, and Ash Wednesday in the season of Lent, imagine what would happen if all of our sins would show up like tattoos on our skin or spots or blemishes on our bodies. How horrified we would be our selfishness, our greed, evil thoughts, gossip, laziness, lust, and so on. Well, tonight we're going to learn some very good news about removing those by John, our first witness in this Lenten series to Christ. John who said, Behold, pointing to Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away, takes away the sin of the world. My sermon Sunday, I pointed out how there's a great temptation on the part of all people to think that they can manage their sin problems, that they can handle them, that they can compensate for them. They compare themselves to other people and make excuses. A lot of other people are just as bad as I am, or there are even some that are worse than I am. There's the attempt to justify our sins. There's the attempt to appeal even to the Bible itself. Uh, sometimes the only verse people know in the Bible is, God is love. And then they immediately go on to totally misinterpret that verse, thinking that love is God just sort of overlooking their sins. They don't realize that that actually drags God into sin with them because that would make God unjust. That would make God going back on his promises because he promised that where there's sin, there would be death and complete separation from God. There needed to be a justice. In my sermon Sunday, I called that charming the snake. Just like the snake charmers, we play our melodies, we play our tunes with the world, with our sinful flesh, and with the devil himself, thinking again that somehow in the end it won't touch us, but it always does. So let's turn to John the Baptist and see what John would say about the problem of our sin. Who was John the Baptist? 
John was born to elderly parents, Elizabeth and Zacharias. Uh, they were well past the age of being able to have children, but apparently Zacharias, uh, like any father in that situation, had virtually spent his adult life begging God for mercy and begging God for a child. Well, even after that time had passed, the angel Gabriel came to him while he was ministering in the temple and announced to him that in fact, he would have a son, and not only a son, but perhaps next to Jesus himself, the most important person in the world. For this son, John, would prepare the way for Jesus. If you think about it, John's entire life might be called a season of Lent. John, at probably a very young age, began to live in the wilderness. And the Judean wilderness is one of the harshest desert climates in the world. It would be hard enough just to hike through there, let alone to actually live there. The Bible tells us that he wore rough garments, camel's hair, leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. John's life was a long season of Lent. And in that season of John's life, he did three things that all Lenten Christians are still doing today. He was waiting, waiting for the appearing of Jesus. He was denying himself. He was not enjoying many of the blessings of life that he could have. And most of all, he was out in that wilderness proclaiming the truth about Jesus and pointing everyone toward the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So let's think a little bit about how our life can be like John's, how our life is a kind of Lenten life as well. The Lenten season is only 40 days, but as we go through these 40 days and some of the things that we do during this season of Lent will help us by reminding us these are also things that in various ways we do every day, all of our lives. For we too, like John, are waiting for Jesus to appear. Every time we celebrate the Lord's Supper, as you heard the beginning of the Passion readings tonight, it begins with Jesus gathering his disciples around him and instituting the Lord's Supper. And you also heard Jesus say that he would not drink of this again, eat of this meal again, until he comes again on the last day. Paul said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're doing what? You're pro proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. So our Lenten life is also a life of waiting for Jesus. John was denying himself in the wilderness. I think this is one of the things most people think of when they think of the season of Lent. The traditions that Christians have adopted over the years, all voluntarily, of denying ourselves certain things in certain ways to remind us of the Lenten life overall. We can do this by giving up things. People have given up for 40 days social media. People have given up food, drink, television, all sorts of things like that. Neutral things, things that are neither good nor bad, but by giving them up, we are reminded of our life with Christ, and that is a good thing.
But another way to deny ourselves in the Lenten season and the Lenten life is to attack our vices. So how about 40 days without swearing? 40 days without staying up too late for the children? 40 days without teasing your brother or your sister? 40 days without gossiping? These are things that are part of the denying part of our Lenten life as well. But really, one of the most important ways to live the Lenten life, which is something also I'm sure that John the Baptist was doing, was not just taking things away, but adding things to. Living in the spiritual blessings that God has given to us. How about over the next 40 days, reading the New Testament? And to help you, I made a bookmark. Four or five chapters a day, and in these 40 days of Lent, you will read through the New Testament. How about 40 Bible verses for memory? As you leave today, on the little table to the right, you can pick up that little brochure. How about 40 days of Jesus' time in your family? 40 days of family devotions? If you're interested in that, I prepared a little guide to give you some helps about how to do that. Or maybe six straight weeks up from now until Easter of coming to church every Sunday and Sunday school. These are the ways we live our Lenten life. Denying some things, adding other things. John was in the wilderness waiting. John was in the wilderness denying. But most of all, as I said, John was in the wilderness proclaiming. His message fell into two parts. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He proclaimed Jesus to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In our world, it's becoming obvious, at least in the communities that we live in today, more and more people are working hard to suppress this gospel message of Christ. Less are worshiping. I've noticed even less people even wearing crosses. The Lenten life, however, pushes back on this. The Lenten life looks for opportunities to let the world know, I am a Christian. It might be as something simple as a lapel pin or a necklace or even a bumper sticker. But most of all, it should be our life. As Jesus said, let your light shine before men that they would see that light and then ask you where it comes from. And then you can confess and proclaim, as John did in the wilderness, it is of Jesus. I'm going to go back to the introduction. Imagine if sin were to show up like tattoos on our bodies. We would all be horrified. Thankfully, it doesn't work that way. But God does see our sins, and we know that. Or maybe he doesn't see them. And that really is the mystery of Lent, the mystery of Good Friday, and the great mystery of Easter. That is one of the Bible verses in the 40 Bible verses for Lent from Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed transgression from us. This is the best part of the Lenten life of all that Christ's blood is that great eraser, that great gift of God to erase the past, to erase even the future sins as well. As we are in Christ, we have the blood of Christ. 
that takes away the sin of the world. In Jesus, amen. We continue with